Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasy football underscore TCK pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at TCKpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Well, hello, everybody out there in the Candlestick Kids universe. Happy Thanksgiving. I know it's late, but I haven't spoken to you in a while. Uh, Happy Hanukkah. We got that coming up in a little while. Christmas around the corner. Uh, It seems like it's COVID outbreak week for the NFL. All sorts of wonderful things happening. And here you are taking the time to join us again for the Candlestick Kids podcast episode 315 TCK pod. Getting it done, folks. I'm Dweez Nuts. This is a stat rad episode, as are all of our Tuesday episodes. That's what we do on Tuesdays. Every other day of the week, different topics, different hosts. Continue to check out what we've got going on. TCKpod.com is where we live. Catch up with the man himself, Sky Guasco, on Twitter at TCKpod under, TCK underscore pod, sorry, or on Instagram, fantasyfootball underscore TCKpod as well. Again, I'm Dweez Nuts. You can find me at Dweez Nuts on Twitter, all Z's, no S's. Love to talk to you. Love to chat with you. Come hang out with us. It's what we do. Weather's getting cold. Gotta stay inside anyway. Plug in some headphones while your kids are eating breakfast. Have a listen. We'll give you the advice you need to win your league. We're coming up on the fantasy playoffs here in a week or two, depending on your setup. It's getting more important than ever to stay informed because you're no longer going to get the hand-me-wins because your buddy stopped playing in week six. He's not in the playoffs. These are the weeks that count. You want to hold your domination over your friends' heads for the next year? Pay attention. Tune in. See what we got to tell you here on the Stat Riot episodes. We like to take a deep dive into a few player situations, a few statistical categories. We like to go deep into the stats to see what's really going on. We look beyond just where a guy finishes on a week at his position. We want to know why that happened. That way we can tell if it's going to continue to happen. Okay, so today I want to hit you with, I think we're going to do four players this week. We'll do specific players. We're going to look at their fantasy playoff matchups, but we're also going to take a nice little dive into what's happening statistically in this guy's situation right now and over the past few weeks because it's not it's not enough to just say, hey, great matchups in the playoffs for running back whoever. We also have to say, is this running back in a position to take advantage of those matchups? Okay, marry those two things together. You have yourself a formula for fantasy glory. 
So here we go. Let's get it started. Let's start with the guy now on my podcast, Your Football Fantasy, which you can find everywhere, by the way. Um, I was all over this guy going into this week, okay? I'm all over him coming out of this week after the biggest week he's had all year since since last season, in fact. It's Latavius Murray. Scored twice this week. Um, big week. But there's more than just this week to get excited about for Latavius Murray moving forward. First of all, yes, he outsnapped and outtouched Alvin Kamara last week. But let's go back. Let's go back a little further. On the entire season, Latavius Murray is averaging 12.5 touches per game. He's had double-digit touches in nine out of the team's 11 games so far on the season. There is consistency going for this guy. More than just a handcuff in case Kamara gets hurt. In fact, look at the season. He has seven less carries, seven less rush attempts than Alvin Kamara, and only 34 less rushing yards. Okay, he's not getting the passing work. We knew that was never going to happen. But this guy is getting a 50% share of the rushing work on a team that is kicking ass, on a team that's defense is playing so well right now that the likelihood of them being in a seriously negative game script is next to nothing moving forward. Let's look over the last eight games. If we break this down a little bit closer, he's got just six less carries and one less yard than Alvin Kamara does Latavius Murray. If you, if you break it down a little further, over the last five games, he has five more carries and 65 more rushing yards than Alvin Kamara. He's quickly and consistently becoming the better rushing back on this team. 4.9 yards per carry over the last five games to Alvin Kamara's 4.2. Now, I know Kamara's been dealing with some injuries on and off, but guess what, people? Kamara's been dealing with some injuries on and off for the past two seasons. That's not going anywhere. The other legitimate concern you could have had for this guy coming into Week 12 was his lack of touchdown production. He only had two going into the week. This week, he scored two more. Doubled his touchdown numbers. Do I think he's going to continue to score touchdowns like that? No. But I think it gives us an opportunity to say, hey, the team is not afraid to give him the ball in scoring situations. In fact, Latavius Murray has 23 carries in the red zone. That's that's top 20 among backs in the league. And it's only five less carries than Alvin Kamara has in the red zone. They're not afraid to give him the ball in scoring situations. They know that he can get it done. He is the better pure runner than Alvin Kamara is right now. Maybe it's because of injuries, maybe not, but everybody knows this, including Sean Payton. I like it. Let's look at his playoff situation, the Saints playoff situation, fantasy playoffs anyway. In the first round, they're going to be facing the Philadelphia Eagles, giving up 129 yards to running backs on average over the last three games. Seven touchdowns to running backs in the last seven games. Not a huge number, but it is happening. Backs are racking up yards and scoring on a regular basis. Not a scary matchup. Kansas City, a little more scary. Game script might not go quite their way here in the semifinals, but they are giving up 120 yards per game to backs over the last three and four running back touchdowns in the last three. The way you attack the Kansas City Chiefs all season long has been in the run game. In the run game, not just because... When you run the ball, you eat clock and you slow down the offense or at least keep them off the field a little bit. But also because the way that the Kansas City Chiefs' defense is built is from the back end up. 
It's a pat it's built to be a passing defense, a pass rush defense. So there are holes to be had. Running backs have proved it all year. Finally, in the playoffs, the championship, the fantasy championship, the Minnesota Vikings come to town. They've been a little bit better in the last few games um, than over the course of the whole season. But but just last week, 174 yards, two touchdowns to the Dallas Cowboys run game. And I know that's Ezekiel Elliott, but he's not been that good. Tony Pollard got in on this too. It's not been a good rush defense most of the season. In a few games prior to Dallas, they've been okay. But I'm not afraid of any of those teams moving forward. I like Latavius Murray. By the way, if you look at Yahoo, which is still the biggest and most popular fantasy platform in the world as far as I know, only 60% own. Like if you are a borderline playoff team, and part of the reason is because you lack depth or you have running back injuries. So Latavius Murray's a must-add. Now this week, you're going to have to pay up for him. I bet he goes at a pretty high dollar and fab in your league this week. Pretty high waiver priority, but you can certainly try to go get him. Some of these other guys that I'm going to name owned already. Let's jump into those guys. Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon might be one of my favorite sleepers for the fantasy playoffs this year. First of all, it is absolutely Melvin Gordon's backfield. Now, for for all the statistical purposes I'm about to give you, I'm ignoring week 12, okay? No quarterback on a team. I don't, uh, Randall Hinton, whatever the fuck, um, I'm going to ignore that game altogether. Okay, let's pretend like it didn't happen. Leading up to week 12, through week 11, Melvin Gordon had double-digit touches in every game, but one game on the season. He's out-touched Philip Lindsay in every game, but week 11. He out-carried Lindsay in all games but two. In fact, he's got 56% of the running back carries to 33% of the carries on the season. So, you know, the whole storyline that Philip Lindsay is the first and second down back or they're going to lean on him on early downs, just not true. Uh, in the passing game, we've always known it's been Melvin Gordon, 29-8 to eight in targets over Philip Lindsay. Absolutely a stud. He's outsnapped Philip Lindsay in every single game so far this year. 55% of the team snaps or more in every game on the season and in the red zone where it counts 18 to five in red zone touches over Philip Lindsay. The two things we know Melvin Gordon's going to do. We knew it going into the season. What is he going to catch the passes? He's going to score touchdowns because he scores touchdowns, but he's getting a ton of rushing volume, a ton of rushing volume. You don't need to be afraid. Uh, now next week you might be afraid the matchup's not great, but when we get into these fantasy playoffs, check this out, guys, these are tailor made. From Elvin Gordon, the first round to Carolina Panthers, who give up 4.6 yards per carry. That's sixth worst in the league. 14 rushing touchdowns, sixth worst in the league. And they give up the sixth most receiving yards to running backs. So they're giving up touchdowns. They're giving up pass um, receiving yards to backs. That's his bread and butter. Plus a 4.6 yards per carry. Ain't too bad. Semifinals, Buffalo comes to town. We got the Bills. A running back has scored a touchdown in every game except for week four versus the Raiders against this defense. They have the fourth worst yards per carry, 4.8 yards per carry to backs on the season. Again, this defense is not what it was last year. And even though it's still a pretty solid defense, um, they are better built to stop the pass than they are to stop the run. And that nearly five yards per carry shows that. Championship week, we got the Chargers. We got a revenge game, people. It's the Chargers, sixth worst 
Yards per carry, that's another 4.6 yards per carry to backs. A rushing touchdown in every game since their bye week in week six. And a running back score in every game uh, except for week one against the Chiefs and week five against the Saints. They're third worst in the league, having given up 15 rushing touchdowns. And they've given up the most receiving touchdowns to back. Again, touchdowns, man. Pass catching, that's what this kid does. Great matchups. Great matchups for a Melvin Gordon in the playoffs. A Melvin Gordon who owns his backfield and is better this year than you might think despite having some really tough matchups in the last few weeks. Let's do a non-running back playoff sleeper that I really like. Um, he qualifies more as a sleeper after this past week than he did prior to this week. Still somebody that I think you want on your team and in your starting lineup over the fantasy playoffs. It's Michael Pittman. Now, I know if you're Michael Pittman owner, you know, you had two good weeks in a row. You threw him in your starting lineup this week and he put up a shit burger. But, but it's okay. I'm telling you that you do not need to panic. Don't drop him. Don't cut him. Don't even bench him. He had nine targets this week, guys. He had nine targets. Nothing worked for this offense against the Tennessee Titans. Nothing worked for this team on either side of the ball against the Tennessee Titans. It was just an anomalous shit game. Um, I think the ship will be righted shortly. I like Michael Pittman a lot. Since his week eight return to the team from injuries, um, this might surprise you. But amongst wide receivers on that team, he has let in snaps. He's got 40 more snaps than the next best, which is Zach Pascal. He leads the team in targets over that time, catches, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. He leads the wide receivers on that team, I should say. Naheem Hines with a couple of big games. Skew that a little bit. But he's beating all other wide receivers on the team in every category you want to see. Beyond that, he's the 20th best Yak per catch guy in the league. He's the fourth best among wide receivers. We know that Yak is usually a tight end running back stat, but among all wide receivers, he's fourth best in yards after the catch. He's only going about seven and a half yards downfield. Average depth of target is short, which benefits him on a Phillip Rivers team. And the fact that he can catch the ball and get going after means sky's the limit on a guy who should continue to have a lot of targets and a lot of opportunity. This stat here isn't super relevant, but I think it's really interesting. Stands out as a, a stat that says, hey, Michael Pittman might be a legit guy. There are only five receivers in the entire league right now that have more targets than Michael Pittman without a drop. He has zero drops. Only five guys have more targets without a drop. By the way, I think Darnell Mooney's right up there as the highest targeted guy without a drop goal bears. But Michael Pittman's a stud wide receiver. I, he was my third favorite guy going into the draft. I told you this a couple of weeks ago. And I still love him. I love him more now than before. Even after this past week, that nine targets makes me so excited. Led the wide receivers in snap share again. So excited. Here's his playoff schedule. Round one. The Las Vegas Raiders, fifth most passing yards given up by this defense. There's a there's an efficiency benchmark in the league. The, the absolute worst pass defenses in the league, the, the bottom five or so each year, give up seven net yards per pass or more. Okay, That's a huge, huge number, seven net yards per pass attempt. 
That's the worst of the worst. And the Las Vegas Raiders are giving up seven net yards per pass attempt. Terrible. Semifinals. The Indianapolis Colts get to face off against the Houston Texans. Eighth most fantasy points to receivers given up by that team. Third most touchdowns to receivers given up by that team. And guess what? Over seven net yards per pass again. Bad defenses. Finally in the championship, Michael Pittman will face the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I know what you're thinking, undefeated. Stout, staunch defense. But the, the real fact is that they're giving up the fifth most touchdowns to wide receivers on the league, okay? Teams are abandoning the run against this incredible front seven for Pittsburgh, and they're throwing it all over the place. Pittsburgh is the best pressure team in the league. 34% of opposing quarterback dropbacks are pressured. 26% is second place. So they are significantly better. This game script says they're going to throw it a lot, and they're going to throw it on those short routes, that championship week might be a week where Michael Pittman, who I told you a minute ago, has a short average depth of target, might get 15 targets. I love it. I love that matchup. I love that game script for a guy who is proving that his coaches like him better than any of the other wide receivers on the team, as does his quarterback. Love him. Let me give you one guy that I don't like because I can't just sit here and suck dicks all day. Okay, I got to tell you, there's one guy that I absolutely hate for the fantasy playoffs. Again, on my show and on another channel at Real Deal Fantasy. Love that kid over there, LQ. Check out what he's doing. Before this past week, I was railing against Clyde Edwards Elaire. This week showed that I was right, but the, the sad news for you CEH owners out there is that it's going to continue. It's going to continue. First of all, there are some serious volume woes for CEH. There have been for a long time. In fact, ever since Le'Veon Bell came to the team, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Lev Bell is taking all CEH's work. But here's what I will say. Before Bell came to the team, CEH had a 66.3% snap share average. In each game, he was over 60% of the snaps and averaged 66.5%. Since Bell came to town, that number's dropped to 50.6. And it's only over half because he had a nice number this past week, 59. Still less than the 60 that he had each week prior to Bell coming. So that's a 16% snap share drop when Bell came, but it doesn't stop there. Before Bell came to this team, CEH averaged 21.3 touches per game. Huge number. Since Bell's been here, 10.5 touches per game. Bad. And here in week week 12, we just saw DeAndre Washington return from injury and out-touch CEH. Darrell Williams has been getting touched. Lev Bell has been getting touched. CEH, his touch numbers are plummeting. And they have been since the moment Lev Bell joined this team. And it's happening in both phases. He went from 5.8 targets per game to 3 after Bell came to town. He went from 17.8 carries per game to 8.8 carries per game when Lev Bell came to town. Tough. All the way through week 11, he was still the running back 17. And the only reason he was sustaining, the only reason that CEH owners hadn't noticed all of these things falling off is because he was scoring touchdowns. Before Lev Bell came to town, he scored on 0.17% of his touches. One of the worst touchdown rate percentages 
in the league. It was Devin Singletary-ish from last year. When Bell came to town, it bumped all the way up to 2%. So he was scoring touchdowns on a much more regular, much more efficient basis. Here in Week 12, it stopped. I told people it would. It's not going to continue going forward. And when you get to your fantasy playoffs, it's certainly not going to continue. Let me give you some numbers. Round one, you got the Miami Dolphins. Now, the Miami Dolphins, not a terribly tough matchup on paper for court running backs. But outside of the two touchdowns that Melvin Gordon scored in week 11 against this team, they had only given up one running back touchdown since week four, and that was to Kyle Juszczyk in week five. So that Melvin Gordon thing seemed like it was an anomaly relative to what this defense has been doing of late. It's been a really good defense, one of the best defenses in the league and adequate against running backs when it counts, not giving up those touchdowns that I just told you CEH is relying on to be relevant at all. In the semifinals, it's the New Orleans Saints. I don't have to say much here. The least running back touchdowns on the season, five all year. Least amount of yards to running backs, least yards per touch to running backs. It is one of the best rush defenses we have seen in a long time. You don't want your guy... In the semifinals of your playoffs going up against that team. Championship CZ Atlanta Falcons. Big day for that Falcons defense against the Raiders this past week. But they've been really good against the run all year. Eighth least running back touchdowns. Only eight running back touchdowns on the season. Fifth least running back yards. And, you know, before I did this research, I would have probably told you that it was because teams were just abandoning the run to pass against this team because the game script said they had to. But they also had the fifth least yards per touch. They're just effective against the run. They're effective against a run when it counts near the goal line as well. Not a team you want your back in your fantasy championships to play against, especially if he's only getting 10 touches per game. Especially if he's been relying on scoring to keep himself and your team winning. Not going to happen. Fade that song, bitch. You're going to want to sit him in those last two weeks of the playoffs, guys. If you don't already want to fucking sit him. When I first started doing this research, it was it was very difficult for me not to sit here right now and tell you that Dalvin Cook should be your playoff fade. Um, I just want to put this out there. Dalvin Cook plays New Orleans, Tampa Bay, and Chicago. Those three are very, very, very intimidating rush defenses in your fantasy playoffs. You, uh, you're you not going to sit him. He is Dalvin Cook. I want you to know this, though. If you're a Dalvin Cook listener, uh, owner listening right now that you've been relying on him to win you games, just know that he's not going to win you games in your playoffs. He won't be the reason you're a fantasy champion at the end of the year. You're going to have to find those wins elsewhere. He'll get you some points. He'll score because he does that. He's just not going to win you the games. CEH will straight up lose you games, guys. Deal with that. Any way you feel like dealing with that, that's it. That's the four players I want to give you for Stat Rat this week. Come back tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day for more TCK Pod episodes. They're dropping five days a week, people. Sunday, an hour before kickoff, you're gonna wanna, you're gonna wanna jump onto a live session with Sky. He's gonna answer every single question that comes his way. That's what he does. He grinds, baby, grinds. At TCK underscore pod on Twitter, if you wanna ask his questions early, I'm sure he'll answer before Sunday. Fantasy football underscore TCK pod on Instagram, if that's where you live. 
I'm Dweez Nuts. All Z's No S is on Twitter. I will answer your questions as well. Guys, that's it for us today. Glad you came and joined us here on episode 315 on the TCK pod. Come back for 316, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.